This world is not our own. It may look the same for the most part, but things are different here. Myth is history, not legend. Welcome to a Rendezvous with Destiny, a Sky on Actual Play podcast. Forever, I am your GM, Luce, and with me today I have... Hi, I'm Graham. I play Elspeth Lockwood, the Guardian of Baldur. Elspeth has realised that she is in a divine library, and she's definitely going to at least at least make a hold, if not take out some books. Um, my name is Elspeth Lockwood, and I have borrowed your copy of... Uh, does it have an ISBN number? I assume it does not. Uh, hi, I'm Will. I play Cleo Brewer, who is a chosen of Bast. I, I like, like, sorry, sorry. Is is there anyone who 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 is, looks like they are available but wants to fight? You just wipe this guy out completely. You, as soon as you clasp hands, you slam his hand into the table. If there's anyone watching us, I want to just do like you know the predator handshake with them. Hi, I'm Am, and I play Flora Watson, daughter of Sun Wukong, the Monkey King. I have a backup plan if we can figure out what the trap does. I feel like Flora's plan is just like to throw something down the corridor and see what happens. I was actually gonna just run through it really fast and activate it. I'm very fast. I'll be fine. All you can see is his. He is face down on the desk and just sort of making a low groaning noise. You all right there, Mr. Hades? No. They have jumped upon Ra's barge and headed through an archway into the underworld. Oh, I haven't properly introduced myself, have I? I'm Loki. Nice to meet you. A Rendezvous with Destiny is available on Spotify, Acast, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you find your podcasts. Come follow us on Twitter and Instagram at rwd underscore pod. Welcome one and all to Merely Roleplayers, where theatrical people play role-playing games. My name's Matt Boothman, I am your compare for this backstage episode from our main house production. I'm joined backstage by Vicky. Hello! By Chris. Hello! And by subject of today's backstage character creation episode, uh, welcome Helen. Hi. How are you feeling about this, Helen? Very nervous. (laughs) How are you? I'm all right, thanks. Is it because it's the first time you've made a character on this that's not you? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that'll be it. Um, I'm not much of a performer. I'm not much of an improviser. I don't know what I'm doing here. (laughs) Um, I've got some stuff written down, so we'll see how we go. Cool. Well, as long as you're having uh, some measure of fun, then it's all good. (laughs) Uh, So tell us which uh, playbook you picked and what, what made you pick that one. Right. Okay. So I'm the constructed and I just, so I had a bit of a strange journey with it where it wasn't what I originally was drawn to at all. And then when I sort of got my allocation, 
I went, oh no, and really retreated from all of the others I'd looked at before and then just looked at the constructed and thought about the idea of uh, Frankenstein's creature and how there's a lot that you can do with that idea if it's a female form rather than a male form and if it's in a more modern era. Okay. So I'm not saying it's going to be like all political all the time. I just think (laughs) there's some interesting stuff that you could have in the back of a character's mind. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 So this is, um, this is one of the uh, like extended playbooks for Monster of the Week. It's not in the main book, but it has been endorsed by the creator. So this is an extra playbook written by Reed Sanfilippo sort of explicit it's interesting I, I i find the way it's designed interesting because it's sort of explicitly inspired by frankenstein's creature but also a lot of the options in it are a lot more bring to mind a lot more uh, like the original pygmalion myth with like bringing the statue to life yeah. and that kind of stuff so it'd be, i'm interested to see what what decisions you want to make and, and where we end up going with it yeah is frankenstein's creature the main one that you're drawing on here yeah absolutely yeah that's the um that's the touchstone. Absolutely the, yeah. Then um, there's a bit of sort of Tim Burton um, stuff rolling around in there. Um, not um, So in Nightmare Before Christmas, you've got Sally who's physically built, but then the corpse bride in that film, she's much more temperamentally interesting, I think. And, and so that's sort of rolling around with me a bit as well. That's cool. I've seen, I know Nightmare Before Christmas. I've not seen Corpse Bride. So. Yeah. Oh, recommended watch, Matt. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's good fun. All right. Okay. You're giving me homework. This is all good. <laughs> so uh, these, these playbooks always uh, ambitiously suggest starting with a name. Do you have a name in mind or is that something you'd like to discover? I've got a name. Okay. What was the name? Uh, so the name is... Melody Bantham. Cool. I think the the surname's from nowhere. Uh, the first name will make more sense when we get through some more of the development stuff. Um, so going through in playbook order. So the first thing you get is your, uh, after a name, is your look. So it's got some options for shape rather than gender presentation, as most of the other ones have, mm-hmm. uh, for uh, like the material that your body is made of and then what you're dressed in. So uh, what, what do you like from those lists? So um, woman-shaped. Mm-hmm. I, do, I do think the, um, the constructed is so interesting. There's, there's so many things that you could do with the constructed, particularly to do with presentation, that I just, I don't have the the experience, the, the skills to go into. But yeah, I yeah. so I'm sticking with woman-shaped because that's the direction I'm taking with it. Okay. Um, just just your bog-standard flesh body, not plasticine or <laughs> anything like that. All right. Casually dressed in c- casual wear of the present day, of the time we're set in. Okay, so a, a, like a potentially inconspicuous constructed. Yeah, so Melody has, she has a shop, she has a job, she's part of the community. Uh, would you like me to explain how she disguises her weirdness? Yeah, go ahead. There's two things. One, 
her business is like this hipster shop. So it's like a coffee shop with records and maybe they put on poetry slams and just all of that stuff. But it's evolved from like there's been a cafe or something on that site going back generations in inverted commas. It's always me. But like, oh, I'm her niece and la la la. But yeah, it's been me for centuries. Wow. Okay. Or for however long there's been cafes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Google's history of cafes. I'll do that later. That's my homework. Okay. Yeah. So everybody just thinks that she's just a young person, youngish person that's taken over from a relative again and again, but it's always just me. And whether she's been this way for hundreds of years, I haven't thought about, but Melody's now quite heavily tattooed. Okay. With a combination of flowers and musical notes and staves and other musical reference type things because the tattoos can disguise or distract from scarring. So she does have the traditional like stitch mask marks of a created creature and more of that will come up in a second with what one of my skills is. But she's so heavily tattooed and people are so liable to forget that no, it doesn't really stick with anybody that maybe she looks a little bit odd. That's really cool. So when when she, like, sort of once a generation when she has to make the switcheroo and sort of Melody goes away and Melody's niece comes and takes over the shop instead, does she change her appearance at all to make that work? So I'm thinking maybe wigs. Yeah. But um, potentially you could also go sort of alternating between having all your tattoos on show for 50 years and then have 50 years where you're like long sleeved, high necked. So people can't see them. So people might believe you're a different, you know, I think there might be a few people around that aren't that smart. I'll get away with it. Yeah, potentially. Sort of people who frequent the hipster coffee shop. (laughs) Yeah, they're too busy looking at their own navels. (laughs) Cool. So in t- uh, what about your, your numbers, your ratings, your stats? Uh, you're definitely going to be tough plus two. Uh, Constructed always gets that. Yeah. But what are you thinking for your other ones? Okay, so Mr. Games Master, I would like to have weird plus two. Yep. Um, sharp at zero. Yep. Cool at minus one and charm at minus one. Sounds good. Nice to really lean into yeah, a couple a couple at two, giving you some more negatives as well. Yeah, I just really wanted that weird plus two and (laughs) sacrificed everything in order to have it. Great. Yes, that's very cool. (laughs) The the default thing that you can do with uh, your weird stat is use magic. So can Melody do magic or is there a different way in which she's weird? Because there are other options for that. Yeah, I suppose I don't know whether the moves... They probably are magic, but for Melody, they don't seem magic because for, for a, a while, she didn't know that other humans weren't how she is. Wow, okay. That's interesting. And then while I'm on it, basically there was her and her creator and she thought they had a relationship based on respect, if not equality. And then there was some sort of incident where it became apparent that she wasn't just made to sort of protect and help him but also because he's a in perv so so there's just so there's an underlying mistrust yeah that would mess you up yeah Um, because there's a lot of politics in 
Frankenstein, the novel. Um, and obviously it doesn't go into gender politics because it, the Frankenstein and the creature are both male presenting. But this is the sort of stuff that, yeah, that I thought might be interesting. But like I say, I won't have straight at the front. Absolutely, yeah. Well, that, that is the sort of the next thing that we discuss on the sheet is uh, you get to de- decide your, your animating force and also why you were created. Yes. Uh, so what are you thinking for those? Okay, so my animating force is music. That's amazing. Thank you. Uh, so I had some, I had a good discussion with a more experienced role player, uh, who helped me flesh out the idea that analog music is more effective than digital. Cool. So having like a record shop and she might buy, just buy and buy everybody's old records and even CDs and tapes because it's, uh, but no, she never seems to sell any of those <laughs> and nobody knows why but because she, she likes them and yeah so it was Strat I was talking to and I haven't decided if I'm going to go with this but he likes the idea of Melody always having like a little Walkman with her <laughs> that'd be cool <laughs> yes so um she might show up with that at some point nice okay so uh, animating forces music and then yeah. you've created to serve a specific function but you no longer serve that function so what what options have you picked for those so that was the function was guardian and that that has knock-on effects for you in the present day that you're you're better at protecting people absolutely yeah and in terms of uh why i'm no longer serving that function I'm going with um, that I ran away. Yeah. And I'm going to leave some of this ambiguity with you, Matt. So Melody thinks she's free, but she's actually being looked for. Interesting. Okay. So um, she's not from the tra- the, this town, but she's mm-hmm. been here a long time. So potentially, if you wanted to, there's this idea that uh, my creator was part of a society of people trying to make make life in this way or bring people back to life. So you could, if you wanted to, at some point, bring in my creator yeah. with, with my character having no idea that he yeah. would, he's, he's come back or survived in some way. Yeah, it's been hundreds of years. You've been in uh-huh. one place. You, you think that the threat is over. Yeah. A small small town trope I absolutely love is people who are in some kind of self-enforced witness protection, which is essentially like she's hiding in plain sight and trying to lie low in this town. It's just like a really cool, like it's so ripe for disaster occurring. It's a really cool idea, Helen. Yeah, it's it's a it's a setup with a lot of potential energy. Like you're teetering on a precipice and there's a there's a lot of lot of movement that can come for it from it. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So it's ran away specifically because uh, you found out that your creator was an a hole. Yeah. Yeah. That there was a, a element of perversion in my creation that put our relationship in a different balance than I was comfortable with. Yeah. And how I've decided to not have that just be too much for a role playing game is that Melody remembers it clearly, but because I don't yet know what that is, and she just doesn't speak about it, so I don't. We don't have we don't do that yeah yeah we can set that as a as a line or a veil 
or something mm. along those lines. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll work that out when we actually get to playing sessions. Great. So then uh, we come to moves. Uh, you automatically get a move called Inhuman, which is an interesting one for if you've been around for a long time and blending in, mm. uh, but that there is still some, because this move is you, you have a hard time understanding the mannerisms of, of human behavior and emotion. Yeah. Um, so there, there's still some sort of barrier there that's getting in the way. Yeah. It might show itself to people that don't know that she's weird as just maybe being a bit of a try hard. Okay. Like a bit, a bit intense. Yeah. I mean, you talked about mistrust as well. So it, it could yeah. manifest as that sometimes as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I can sort of see her like being excited if there's a person in the shop. But then if it comes to actually having to bond with people, she doesn't necessarily want to and doesn't necessarily have the tools to do so. Oh, Melody. Soz. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then you get two other moves from the constructed move list. How are you doing with the decision there? Do you, do you know what you want? Yeah. Okay, what are you taking? Right, so I am going to take detachable body parts. Cool. So that's cool just in day-to-day life. So if she, like, she can just leave a hand behind to bake overnight and she doesn't mm-hmm. have to worry yeah, that is very that is very soft and sweet, and I like it. Yeah, well, and while I just, also being very macabre. Yeah, yeah, she's got. Yeah, I think that's I think that's where the the corpse bride comes in because she's ve- very sweet and full on and well meaning, and gross. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I think that might be why she's the inspo. The other one I have chosen is awaken object yay that one's cool as well so um i'll just read that out because that's not necessarily as obvious uh by concentrating you can share your animating force with another object within close range and treat it as an extension of yourself and then there's um, various levels of success in that so like potentially i've got my hand over here and then i've got like a broomstick over here and we've got like tim burton weird disney vibes going on (laughs) brilliant yeah yeah and i like that because if you're doing it by sharing your animated animating force and the animating force is music that there is i mean i don't know how possible it is to do uh like a full-on musical number in this show but Uh like it sort of opens up that potential well, yeah, at least I mean, for us to describe it that way. <laughs> so Strat suggested that my singing Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo from Cinderella is a part of that, but I I don't think we should pander to him necessarily. <laughs> and I don't know if we want to get into a fight with Disney, but <laughs> probably not. No. Yeah, I mean, if if you buy everybody's records, then it could just be like singing random riffs from the last hundred years. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if there's anything I can do, I can sing half-recognisable bits of songs (laughs) with no prompting. Amazing. Can't wait to hear that happen. Cool. And then last thing you get to do is uh, pick some gear. You Mm. get a big weapon and a backup weapon. 
What do you fancy okay. from those lists? So my big weapon is a sledgehammer called Bruce. <laughs> it's got a name. <laughs> um, he has a name, not necessarily because I animate him, but I suppose I would maybe sometimes, but because he helped me escape. Oh. With Smashy. <laughs> so, um, so he's a very old sledgehammer. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that useful and I won't necessarily like, <laughs> but that's what I'm doing. Um, I think maybe Melody's not really a big weapon kind of gal. So if she's got one that she actually she doesn't want to use and saves special occasions, that's fine. And a revolver, please, because I can hide that. Yes. Like I don't cool. want to seem weapony. That's not my vibe, believe it or not. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Sledgehammer called Bruce and a 38 revolver. Great. I, so I've thought about um, fighting. Uh, that's, that sounds mean, but what I mean is. <laughs> I've thought about how I'm going to approach combat yeah. in this rolling playing game differently to how I've done in the past. To catch people up, how I've done that in the past is just sort of run in, smash things, think about it later. It's worked out okay so far. Yeah, I'm pretty good at it. Got a nice high body count, if you like that sort of thing. But thought I'd try something different. So one of my question, weird questions I've got written down is, might I only kill as a last resort because I've got an admiration for human life or an admiration for life as a whole because I was created. Yeah. So that, I think that's why I'm shying away from weapons mm -hmm. and why I lent into where I will get plus two or whatever where I'm protecting somebody. Yep. Because I'm going to be protective and trying to push a creature back rather than just kill him on the off the bounce cool can i um can i pose my other weird question and see yeah, if anybody has any thoughts about it right so if um melody's life like life force is music but she's in this place where people and all in these rules where people forget about the supernatural does that mean that if she forgot and didn't hear any music she'd die it's definitely a question to conjure with. I, I mean, I was sort of going to ask you a, a, a related question, which is okay. like, we have, we have said monsters and magic are always trying to like erase themselves from people's memories, but we haven't drawn very clear lines yet about like what exactly who and what that applies to, like who counts as something that people forget. So I guess it's up to you whether is Melody one of those beings or is it just like, do people forget her or do they just forget that they've noticed that she's patchwork? The latter. They forget that she's not, doesn't fully strike them as a regular human. Yeah, in which case that's interesting because that means your, your creator has managed to create a being that is human enough that these rules do apply to her. And I, I think, uh, if, if you think this would work as well, I feel like that means that you are at risk of forgetting, which means that you need some sort of technique uh, to stop yourself. So, <laughs> this is a flippant comment that I made. It doesn't work. There's many reasons why it doesn't work. <laughs> but um, I did think it would be hilarious if one of the ways that she remembers about all the abnormal happenings 
is a regular playing of the song The Monster Mash. (laughs) I mean, sense memory is a thing. People have memories associated with particular songs and particular smells and things. She's all about her music and she's listed in there and... (laughs) <laughs> but it doesn't work because she's been around for centuries <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I but like it could be there w- There has always been a song that she uses that is talismanic and it just happens to be that this century yeah like I don't know there's a ringtone she's just big into, big into it as far as everyone else can see <laughs> yeah right okay so I think I can have some fun with that with potentially I could forget that I'm constructed and what that uh, what the consequences would be but I can't I just can't see that coming up that much no I don't think it will like like I'm asking everybody how do you stop yourself forgetting yeah but it's not like you know if you roll a low roll I'm gonna say oh you forget everything and fall out of the story or anything like that is it's mostly just <laughs> it's to me it's more of a way of explaining to the audience how these characters that we're focusing on are extraordinary because they are all they all have through various different techniques or even just force of will they are able to remember these things that everybody else forgets and we just can take it as read throughout the series that whatever those techniques are they are always doing them and they they won't forget in the series unless it becomes (laughs) really really narratively interesting and the player wants to yeah cool lovely yeah have you got a, a sense, like, we probably only need to narrow it down to the century, even if that, of, of when Melody was created? I have her as, so when I say centuries, I think I probably only mean one and a half or two <laughs> centuries. Oh, oh, a couple of centuries old. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. So we're talking sort of, uh, what does that take us back to? Like early early 1800s sort of time yeah. at the earliest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mainly because I don't know of anything much before that. Yeah. Well, I, I've got a gap between there and sort of ancient Rome. Okay. So. <laughs> uh, and you've been in Sheridan probably since it was a hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Do you think you are known to the Department of Emissions or they are known to you? Have you had any sort of relationship with them at any point? So my thinking, unless you or someone else thinks this is daft, is that the department have a file on me and my creator, but I don't know what's in the file. That's and cool. I would, I would like, I would like to, I would like to see it. Okay. Yeah. I love that. I like people coming in with like motivations and goals right from the, right from the gate. Yeah. Strat's idea that I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So somehow you found out that they, they have info that you might not have. Yes. Cool. Would you like to uh, add a feature to the town? Just my my hipster shop. Cool. I don't think that should be the name. I'm willing, open to suggestions for names, and it doesn't have to have always been named that. I think you could just call it Melodies if it's a record shop and it's your shop. Sure. That's a, an idea. I, I'll remember that as well, actually, so... <laughs> I think I definitely like whatever it says on, even if that's not what it says on the sign, that's what all the people in town know it as. Great. I'm thinking about it as melodies like IES, not Y apostrophe S. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Noted. And then my, my last question, as we start the story, you're, you're working with this 
community effort to keep the town safe and keep keep the people safe from the things that they don't remember. Uh, what made you join? I initially only joined because I um I thought it was my best route to the file. Okay. So that was it initially. What made you stay? I don't know. Just wants, okay. to, wants to try and be a nice human. It's just not great yet. <laughs> yeah, that's good enough. <laughs> it is it is enough to want to be a nice human. And I think yeah. that's a nice message to take away from this. And I think, you know, maybe she's been more easily accepted by this um, ragtag group or by by some of them. <laughs> I know I know some of these guys are going to hate me, but whatever. Well, there's only so much you can do. Does anybody else have uh, any questions about Melody before we wrap up? No, I don't think so. No, I'm just excited to see her in action. She's Absolutely. All right, fantastic. Well, unless you have any questions of your own, Helen? No, that's fine. Great, in which case you are ready to play. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. from Merely Role Players. It stars Ellen Gould as Jess Butterworth, Chris McLennan as Ed Kincaid, Helen Stratton as Melody, and Chris Buxy as Calisteria Softbinding. Sound design for this production is by Natalie Winter, and the theme music is by Alexander Pankhurst. I'm Matt Boothman, and I play the supporting cast, as well as editing and producing the episode. We were playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Role Players is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on.